Do you like wine? Do you like charities? With One Hope Wine, you can do both. One Hope is an award-winning company in California that is built on hope and rooted in purpose. Go to Jen and Cam's OneHope.com or Jen and Cam's One Hope on Instagram for more information. One Hope Wine, changing the world never tasted so good. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Keith, Keith, hold on. Hate to interrupt you there, buddy, but I think it goes more like this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mixtag. It's your man, the Cowboy Jared Watson, and finally, the Cowboy has come back to Mixtag. Keith, how you doing, buddy? I missed you. Oh, you are a sound for sore ears, my friend. Uh, I have missed that intro so much, man. So much for so long. Ridiculous how long it feels like you've been gone. It feels like it feels like you've been gone just as long as another co-host. That's pretty long. <laughs> yes, it, it does seem that way. Uh, it was two months. I'm out of school for the summer. Well, I guess at least for another month or two, but... You know, that's okay. I have time now. I'm here back full time on Mixtag as your co host, Keith. And I just want to say a couple thank yous before we get the show started, as usual. A uh, big, huge thank you. And I think you'll agree with this to Chris Sly, the reigning Mixtag Jeopardy champion, filling in, taking in uh, as our co host almost on a weekly basis while I was gone. Uh, Keith, you, you and him had a lot of good chemistry going there near the end. I thought he was going to take my job. I think he thought he was going to take your job. He he lobbied for it on the air. Remember that? I do remember that. Um, Chris, we love you, buddy. Uh, thank you so much for doing this for me, filling in. And uh, we're going to have you back defending that Mixed Tech Jeopardy championship uh, very soon. A couple other thank yous to, to hand out. Uh, Battle from Battleground Podcast. Uh, he filled in for an episode uh, while I was gone. Dr. Philip Reese from History's What If Podcast came on a couple times. Matt Brown of the Monday Night Huddle. Uh, Michael Blum, who was kind of new to me, didn't really know much about him until I listened in uh, from the Splain Yourself podcast. And Greer White, Keith, your father, came on and talked about Muhammad Ali, man. That was one of my favorite episodes. In fact, our tagging liked that episode uh, tremendously as well. Uh, but most certainly and definitely not least, I want to thank Keith White for filling in, taking the head and, and taking the reins and just making this show even better in, in a, what was a very unfortunate circumstance for me to have to do at the time. So I want to thank you, Keith, uh, for keeping our show alive and keeping our tag gang out there happy and listening every week. I appreciate you, buddy. Oh, man. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for that. I, I think I told you off the air, I felt like I was hanging on by the seat of my pants. And it's only mm -hmm. because of the guests that we had that I was able to pull this off. So I, I do want, I want to thank every single one of those people, uh, you know, that you just mentioned, of course, uh, we have this really cool connected little circle of, of guest hosts who just make things better for the show. By the way, that's my boy, Rocky, the Luchador wonder dog saying, what's up, Jared? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like that TikTok. you know, Hey, yo, cheetah, what's up? Oh God. You, know, Keith, you didn't tell me you started watching TikTok now. Come on. Man, 
listen, listen. You know, you know who actually got me uh, on those videos. Uh, you'd be surprised, but Dirty Dave threw out an olive branch and sent me some of those videos. It was the first time in a while that he hasn't, you know, threatened to take my leg off or something, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, shout out to that. But I'm just saying uh, that we have this really cool community of uh, of people in our um, in our circle, and we've got really great co-hosts and people who come on and make the show better. And I feel like we couldn't do this show sometimes. Well, we definitely couldn't do this show without people stepping up and helping out. So thank you to all those people and anybody who else who's ever, um, you know, been on this show and, and made it what it is for sure. Dude, we're on, we're on episode 123. Like what is right? It's, it's hard to believe it really is. Um, Cause you and I have been doing this for geez, almost two full years now, maybe more. So it's just incredible where the show has gone, where it's going, and and just I can't wait to get started. And, but we have to continue with today's episode, Keith. we got to get into it. I'm back. The Cowboys back here with the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time, three-time, wait for it, three-time in the LA Wrestling Champion, Keith White. We are back, y'all, and we got to talk about this AEW world title situation, Keith. Man, you know, I, I took a break from the show, but I did not take a break from watching AEW every week. I tried to fill in. Even if I couldn't watch it live, I was watching it on demand. And man, th this whole situation with CM Punk having to, you know, take a step back and have surgery on his foot uh, right after defeating my guy, Hangman Adam Page, at double or nothing um, this past Sunday or two Sundays ago now. But yeah, interesting world title picture coming, Keith. Um, Punk is not relinquishing the title. We have to make that very clear. Uh, he's just going to have an intern champion uh, while he's gone. Now, they're going to have a Battle Royal Wednesday night on Dynamite to open the show. And the winner of that Battle Royal will face the number one ranked John Moxley in the main event. That winner of that match, that singles match, will go on to Forbidden Door and battle either Hiroku Gota, I hope I'm saying these names right, and Hiroshi Tanasashi of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Those two will face each other at New Japan's uh, Dominion pay-per-view coming up. On June 12th, the winner of that match and the winner of the Moxley and the Battle Royal winner match will face each other at Forbidden Door. And whoever wins that match will become the new interim AEW World Champion. Keith, we got to talk about the process here because nobody expected Punk to be uh, out right immediately a week after losing the world title. It was devastating to watch that promo of him. He was in tears, man, and you could tell he really cares. Um and it looked like it was going to be an awesome reign. Him and FTR uh, tag teaming on Dynamite. Keith, just your initial thoughts about what's happened with Punk in the title picture. I mean, it sets up so many possibilities. And uh, I, you can go ahead, actually, uh, through the power of audio and video, unmute, Jared, because you might you might chime in. You might laugh. You know, I want to I want to hear just I want to hear what you might have to say. Oh, I guess if you're going to take a drink. Yeah, like, my right. vocal cords aren't what they used to be. Keith, so. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, my, my man, this is just a, a crazy situation. First of all, have we ever seen an interim champion like this? I don't think so. Right. It's we always we just been... saw the TNT championship be interim with Sammy and Cody when Cody was still on AEW, by the way, we're going to be talking about Cody later in the show. I guess I should say before AEW. Oh, before um, AEW. Oof. I don't, I don't think so. Right. I don't, uh, well, I guess, I guess technically maybe like, uh, well, you know the uh, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels with the with the Intercontinental 
you know, there's always somebody who says, hey, I never lost the belt, so I'm carrying it around. But, right. you know, they've got the interim, actual interim title to it. Um, dude, I, is there going to be any Jokers in this Battle Royal? That's my first question. You know, there's not much to know about the Battle Royal yet, and I had some thoughts on it. Um, we don't exactly know who's going to be in the Battle Royal, but I had some ideas, um, and these are just my ideas. These are not confirmed by Tony Khan or anybody else at AEW. Here's my thoughts on it, right? So, in my view, the top five competitors in rankings should automatically be in the title picture. Mm -hmm. John Moxley's already there because he's the number one ranked rest, uh, wrestler in AEW. He's moved on to the main event. Uh, the other four, that being number two ranked Wardlow, number three ranked Hangman, number four ranked Adam Cole, and number five ranked Jay Lethal, should all be in the Battle Royal. They should all be automatically put in the Battle Royal um, just because of their status in the rankings. Now, in typical Battle Royal fashion, you'll have a lot of either jobbers or low-card, mid-card competitors, right? You'll have the, the Aaron Solos and the Matt Seidel's and the Dante Martins, right? Those are cool people to watch, but they're not necessarily anybody who is obviously going to win this match. So fill the Battle Royal with top stars. Yes. Fill it with Samoa Joe. Fill it with Brian Danielson, Andrade, Darby Allen, uh, Alistair Black, or Malachi Black, I should say. It doesn't have to be filled with irrelevant people who we know have no shot at winning, right? That's a great point, Jared. Um, I, and my thought is, uh, I, the reason I asked about the Joker is, could Omega return? And the reason I say that is because Forbidden Door needs a Danielson. It needs a Cole. It needs a... Uh, it needs an Omega. Um, and my thought is, it, with the current crop of stars, I feel like we need Brian Danielson to go ahead and represent that main event personally. You know, and I think maybe he should also be the um, be the interim champion. That That's my personal opinion for this. It'd be kind of neat to throw the wrinkle in with him facing John Moxley. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's a wise move to put anybody from New Japan as the interim champion, just because if you're doing that, that becomes too inside baseball. That becomes too, uh, you know, too internet wrestling community for the mainstream audience. And, and AAW still needs to seek and, and, and fill the mainstream audience void. Um, you know, that for the, the fans that are, for whatever reason, don't want to watch WWE, they still have that, that, that process, that obligation um, to not stray too far from mainstream appeal. So for me, your, your interim champion's got to be somebody with some name recognition for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I, I would agree that a Joker would, would make it more exciting. Um, Kenny Omega, man. I, last time I heard anything about Kenny Omega, it wasn't good news. It was that he might not be ever the same in a wrestling ring. He might not return at all. We don't know that for sure, but that's up to Kenny. I agree. I think the winner of the Battle Royal and the AEW competitor that moves on to Forbidden Door has to be somebody with a New Japan history, right? Had either, you know, Moxley's there. You got Brian Danielson, who is well known in Japan. Uh, Lance Archer is another guy who had a lot of uh, time in New Japan. And of course, Omega and the Young Bucks, but the Young Bucks wouldn't be in the title picture, obviously. But I agree with you on that note. I don't know if Omega would be the guy, but 
man, it would be awesome to have an Omega uh, in the main event again, facing somebody like Tanasashi or, or Goto, you know, in a pay-per-view meant to be crossed paths between AEW and New Japan. So it's a level playing field kind of. I got another guy for you. He he kind of sold out the Tokyo Dome, uh, Chris Jericho. Yes, yes. And by the way, since I've been gone, what the hell kind of a name is the Jericho Appreciation Society? How about the wizard? I mean, he, <sighs> you know, it's it's because he's doing this because he knows it's antagonizing. And so, yes. so he, I mean, he's the master. He, I, I feel like years from now, we really are going to uh, come to appreciate him even more than we already do as wrestling fans because he is so good at reinventing himself. So good at it. And yes. I hate, I hate the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think they're all scrubs. I really hate it. You know what I mean? Like, at least I like Santana or, or Ortiz. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, Sam, I like Sammy. Like, this appreciation society sucks. Uh, yeah. Blood and Guts is coming back, by the way, Keith. Yes, uh, it is. Yes, it is. Them with, with Kingston and Mox yeah. and, and all them. Interesting to see what happens there. Um, but, yes, um, of course, we want to send our best wishes to CM Punk. Mm-hmm. This was absolutely gut-wrenching news when i found out and when he was out there in tears you knew just how real and how much that title meant to him and he will be back he will face the interim champion wherever that may be when it's time but we will have a new interim aw world heavyweight champion in the very near future uh determined at forbidden door keith aw's been on a roll man it i don't think it's gonna stop anytime soon we got to talk about that MJF pipe bomb, man. I, you and Sly talked a little bit about it last week, right? And I was watching and I was like, holy crap. It's a pipe bomb. Like, this is CM Punk 2.0 going off on Tony Khan. We all know the history, you know, MJF and Tony Khan, the contracts and all that. Um, but we have some fallout news to talk about regarding that promo. Uh, so apparently the biggest drop of Dynamite came in the final three minutes of MJF's promo. Uh, Dynamite then saw its biggest decline of the night in a steep 16% drop in total viewership from the QH2 to QH3, which is quarter hour for you know every 15 minutes in a two-hour program. A whopping 169,000 viewers dropped and left and turned the channel in the last three minutes of the promo. Um, Keith, a couple more things. Dave Meltzer noted that MJF was, quote, absolutely the biggest minute-by-minute draw. And quote, suggesting fans may have tuned out immediately after his promo. Uh, and apparently CM Punk limped after MJF. And the Young Bucks apparently came out in an off-camera altercation with MJF afterward. Um, AW completely scrapped anything MJF, taking him off the roster list on their website and off Pro Wrestling Tees and, and more. Um, Keith, they're making this so real. And it's most likely planned it's most likely a work right but they're doing their damn good job of making this seem as real as possible yeah i mean they are and and when reality meets fantasy is where we get some really compelling television and so this was compelling it is compelling and there's reports you know like you said he's he's scrapped off of a lot of things Uh, i think they want him scrapped off of like the promotional materials even on the on the entrance right uh for television um I've been hearing reports that you know he's his his gripe is legitimate if he's not getting paid the same amount as 
even some of like the lower tier guys from WWE that came in. Um, you know, I have to like, I believe he's worth more than Christian Cage. Yeah. Worth worth more than, than Matt Hardy at this point. Yep. But, you know, he, to me, he's a top five earner in the company and he, yep. he had, he has every single right to feel the way he does. And by the way, my apologies uh, last week, um, we did a show, but I might as well have been on NyQuil. Uh, if we had continued <laughs> any, any longer, I would have fallen asleep. Uh, we recorded at 10 30 at night. And as Jared knows, I turn into a pumpkin. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit silly how tired I was. And, um, so I just wasn't at my best, but now we actually get to talk about this a little bit. <sighs> so a lot of this sucks. If it is a, like the worked part, um, I, I feel like the shoot part was definitely not making the appearance, uh, you know, the meet and greet, things like that. But I don't want Tony Khan to ever turn into a Vince Russo. And sometimes I worry that's where we're heading with him. So it's just concerning to me how much of this is a work and how much of this is a shoot. Because one of the things that made WCW die a quick death was when Russo decided to turn all that into the WCW product. Uh, and it made for some really chaotic television and uh, television that didn't make much sense. And if we're being completely honest, sometimes dynamite falls in that category uh, where, where things get scrapped too quick or, um, or things don't flow correctly. So I don't want to see that happen, but MJF regardless has a legitimate gripe. He should be, if he's not being paid as the top five performer, he should be. And if there's a way to lock him up past 2024, you lock him up. He is the future of this business. Yep. Any promotion. Cause, cause, cause the heel draws the company. What makes a good superhero movie is the villain. Yep. The the Avengers would not have succeeded in terms of block, block, blockbuster appeal if you didn't have Thanos. The yep. Dark Knight was the the longest running, the biggest Batman movie because of Heath Ledger's Joker. Nothing that Christian Bale did as Batman. So the villain, the heel, is the draw. And there is no one better at that than MJF besides Roman Reigns. And it's two apples and oranges when you talk about heels. Yep. But two different types of heels there. Two different types of heel. But you can put MJF on morning television and have him, you know, pants Al Roker or, you know, you know what I mean? Like he he you can send him anywhere and antagonize anybody in the mainstream and have and have this compelling situation because he lives the gimmick. He he truly is like the new Roddy Piper. So yeah. does he deserve everything he wants? Yeah. And can every single person in America who works under a boss understand that? Yeah. And the last time we had something like this where there was a dynamic in this sense of being underappreciated and undervalued besides punk was a stone cold Steve Austin. So and especially now, given given the current uh, just economic status of the world and post-pandemic, we are all feeling the pinch. So right. everybody wants to to say, screw you to the boss. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're the, we're the boss of our own show. That's what's cool about this. It's like we are the boss. So we're like the man, as they used to yeah. say, Jared. Yeah. Uh, we are the establishment. So it doesn't really matter to us. But 
I'm just saying, this is so cool what they're doing if they do it correctly. If they don't make it too much of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, hey, Internet, hey, Twitter, you know, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that. You know, just give the fans the respect they deserve and, and figure out a way to go about this that we're going to enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Um, by the way, PW Torch is reporting that MJF signed a starter deal with AEW back in 2019 that ranged between $40,000 and $70,000 now. Um, and Dave Meltzer has pointed out that MJF isn't making the hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's something might think. So, Tony Khan, I mean, you're so willing to go out and get, like MJF said, all these ex-WWE guys. When are you going to start giving in to your guys who've been here since day one? See, I think what's messed up about that is like at least, and I know, I know things are different, but at the same time, you guys are, you guys are, you're a freaking billionaire. Okay. Yeah. So if you're not going to give health insurance, you got to give them extra money uh, because WCW, before they went under, you know, Ted Turner, they had these $100,000 contracts. Guys were like Mick Foley was getting paid $100,000 or more in 1990. 1991 like that's good money yeah and yeah. and your your company uh should be should be stable enough to pay these guys what they're worth and not you know put some of these guys in a dire financial situation especially given the fact that wrestlers don't have a union or health uh benefits so yep tread lightly tony yeah and actually and like just said, walk, walk the walk be be exactly who you said you are if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna change the game, part of changing the game is probably giving your guys some bennies. And there's no better game changer in the game right now than MJF on the heel side of things. Like you said, the only one that could compare right now is Roman Reigns. And like you said, two different types of heels. But Keith, I like the Rowdy Roddy Piper comparison, but we also have to throw in the Ric Flair. He is turning into MJF in real life. Like there's no going back. You know how. Rick turned into the nature boy in his personal life. That's what MJF is doing. He no-showed the meet and greet, right? He goes on TV, complains about his pay, mentions the company that you don't say you're rivals with, but you are, and then screams an F-bomb on live TV. Luckily, they censored it out just in time on I don't, purpose. I, I don't, well, and I don't know how they caught that unless it was a work. Unless okay. it was a work, right. Um but it was interesting to, to to hear that Punk and the Young Bucks came out afterward to confront him. Um, he ran into the crowd, went back, uh, back into the arena that way. But um, man, this is so intriguing. I just want to see what happens next. If we're going to hear from him uh, on Dynamite Wednesday, that'll be interesting uh, to see. But Keith, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about Cody Rhodes up next on the show. But we're going to take a short break. Tag gang, it's so good to be back. You don't want to miss our final segment here on Mixed Tag, talking about the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, right after this. What's up, everybody? It's your Pope, Elijah Burke, and you are listening to Mixed Tag with my boys, Jared and Keith. Be sure to stay tuned for what's coming up next. You know, Keith, I've been going a long time, but I have to say, you look a lot better since the last time I've seen you, man. Like, like, what are you doing differently? You just look so much better and healthier. Man, it's funny. I haven't lost much weight, maybe three pounds. Thank you, by the way. 
uh, but I'm feeling lighter, more energetic, and I'm remembering everyday things more. Less reminders from Jen, which is a big deal in our house. <laughs> the only the only thing that's changed for me, man, is what I'm putting in my body. Our partner for the podcast has a product I'm using every day uh, for better gut health, and uh, it has me stay away from pills. Plus, it's got like this slightly sweet, very digestible taste. You got to stir it up really good or shake it so you don't have anything to stay on the spoon. Uh, it's easy, though, and it comes so highly recommended by experts and people in the health and wellness industry. It's called Athletic Greens. So so what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And Keith, aging, it's perfect for you, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the things, all the things I need. It's super easy, by the way, to wake up, get my shower, make some coffee for Jen, grab a scoop and some water. And by the time that baby Nate wakes up for the day, I've got my nutrition covered no matter what. It's such a relief to me. And by the way, thanks to Tim Storm's advice, I'm on a modified keto slash low carb diet. And guess what? It fits. It's even gluten free, vegan friendly, dairy free. It supports any lifestyle even yours, whatever that is. Athletic Greens supports sleep quality and recovery, and I desperately need that. It supports mental clarity and alertness, like I've mentioned. Plus, a lot of multivitamins, by the way, don't really have a chance to be properly absorbed. Uh, they've done studies to show that a lot of products out there are just junk. And this is high-quality ingredients that are easily and more readily digestible in a powder form that mixes well and tastes great. It's cheaper than buying all the supplements separately, so I'm in. Yeah, and plus, for every purchase, Keith, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S., and that is something that we are really happy to support. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring the show. Hey, this is the American Wolf, Davey Richards, and you're listening to Mixtag and Let the Hunt Begin. All right, Keith, back here on Mixtag, man. It's time for the main event of the show, talking about a guy that we've, man, we've had some interesting history with, and that man is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Uh, right before I took my, my absence here on the show, Cody just left AEW and went to WWE, right? And I had my little letter to Cody segment on the show and whatnot, uh, but Keith, he's been killing it ever since debuting again, re-debuting at WrestleMania. He took on Seth freaking Rollins three times, and all three of the matches have been stellar, right, in their own different way. Did someone say Cody? Oh, my gosh. I wasn't. I was just walking. I was walking by, 
and I heard, I thought I, maybe I heard his name. Did, am I in the wrong room? Keith, my guy. It's my first day back, man. And that's the perfect time to do a run-in, baby. I wasn't. Is, uh, this, not, is this not where the meeting is? Oh, gosh. Uh, Tag gang, you know that voice by now. It's uh, it's the bane of my existence at times, the Floridian villain, <laughs> Cam Manning. <laughs> back here on the show. Right when I come back, dude, it's funny that you come back the same exact day I do on it our show and make a run-in, man. The craziest thing i i thought this is where the baking thing was going on and so i will i'm in the wrong room i think you're in the wrong room you wanted the cookies and the brownies and yeah came here for the food thing well came here for the bruce valanche lookalike contest and i think (laughs) i walked into the wrong door well you know cam you know it's perfect timing that you showed up because we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite superstar cody rhodes the american nightmare And Why um, wouldn't we? You know, it's perfect that you're here because I want to get your thoughts on it, too. As I was saying to Keith before you came in and did a little run in here on the show, Cody's been off to a great start in WWE, right? He had those three matches with Seth Rollins, each one being great. But then, of course, the news that he tore his peck while training mm-hmm. for the third match. And that mm-hmm. bruise was either really, really bad torn peck or really, really good makeup. We don't know 100%. But it looks like he will be getting surgery uh, for for that. But um, mm-hmm. Cam, you've had a great and fantastic storied history with Cody on our show. Uh, going to get your initial thoughts on Cody's first couple months in WWE and how he's doing. Yeah, I I think this is as we all planned, right? Like Cody is a massive star, and everybody on here has always said that. We've never said anything to the contrary of the fact that Cody is just a top tier all time athlete. And the guy draws wherever he goes. Uh, he's it's in his blood. He knows the business. He is the business. Uh, started a company from the ground up that still exists today. I think I don't know. Cody's in WWE now, uh, but it's really just no. Uh, I, they. I will say this to to both credits to WWE's front office credit and to Cody's credit. They did, and, and we've talked about this a hundred times before. Sometimes the right answer is just the one that's standing in front of you. It's just, you don't have to go search for it. You don't have to make up a formula for it. It's just that one. And this was the situation that Cody and WWE found themselves in, where the right answer was, this Cody needs to show up in this WWE, and that is all that needs to happen. And that was it. That was the right answer. And he showed up. The place went nuts. Dude's selling merch like crazy. WWE, just the production style of how WWE does, they're making him look like a billion dollars already. Um, you know, the the universe embraced him again. Uh, I think he's had a fantastic run so far. I love the stuff that he did with Seth. I love how Seth played off of him. Um, that's just a, that's just a, a world that Seth does better than probably anybody else is just being able to sit back and go, okay, what are you going to do? That's what you're giving me. This is what I'm going to produce. Yes. I'm going to come out in polka dots. Yes. I'm going to come out like that. Yes. I'm going to say this. 
yes, I'm going to look like that. And there's nobody better in the world than Seth at that particular thing. But what they've been able to do with Cody was exactly what you wanted them to do. And they hit every single mark that they needed to. And this, this doesn't feel stale to see them wrestle three times in a row. Um, you know, and, and Seth is a masterpiece, uh, in terms of his wrestling ability. Uh, you know, you're, you're right. They they picked a fantastic opponent. The only other guy I could ever see them doing like for a a debut like this would be Kevin Owens, you know, just like, just because, you know, you just need a quality veteran who's going to, to, to fit any mold that you need to get Mm -hmm. a guy over. So the mission accomplished because they made, like you said, they made Cody look like a million bucks and, and they're also playing a long game here you know, with his quest for the, uh, you know, the, the world championship, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so, I, you know, eventually, I don't know if you want to talk about it now, Jared or later, but, you know, with this pec injury, um, you know, where does that put him in terms of like heading towards the title? Like how long, how long do you see, like, where do you see Cody going next? Cause, cause Seth is done, um, yeah. you know, with, with the feud. So like, what's his next move? Uh, you know, beside, I mean, he's talking about he wants to show up at Money in the Bank. Um, mm-hmm. But do you, do you guys like? Do we think that Cody's the guy to take the belt off Roman? Um, you know, do we think that? Because because we we've we talk all the time off off air, and I think I still want the Rock and Roman match at some point. Um, but I don't want I don't want Rock to go over. That's counterproductive. Right. Um, but does do they have that match? with the title on the line because Roman has it, or do we have that match without the title? The bloodline is still around, but the title has been, been gone because Cody has it. What do we do there? Yeah. First of all, you were right. He, he alluded to participating in the money in the bank ladder match. That's only a few weeks away. And this dude's having surgery on a torn pack. And you know how long that could take triple H had one a couple years back. Took him a long time. And of course, triple H was older than Cody at the time. But still, um, yeah, I mean, Cody's, let's get one thing out of the way. We cannot say anything more about Cody Rhodes' toughness. Yeah. Dude is a tough SOB. Yeah. Like, plenty of other superstars would have never even had the match in the first place, and they would have been scrambling. Cody's like, nah, I'm going to do it anyway. Fans came to pay to see me in the main event. You know, I just got here. I got to prove myself, even though you don't really need to, Cody, but. That's the kind of guy he is. And you know, I think uh, Baron Black of AEW said it perfectly. You can't teach heart, right? Yeah. And that's what Cody's shown. Um, he, and to Cam's point, he's the same exact Cody as he was in AEW. The dude hasn't changed his style, his gimmick, his American Nightmare uh, mantra. But he's getting more over in WWE because the fans of WWE are not the same type of fans like AEW fans are, right? AEW guys are, are booing Cody for saying the same stuff he's saying in WWE, but WWE has the kids and it has, um, you know, the younger PG t- uh, style of audience that love it. And it's perfect for that. Uh, he's the perfect guy to be your face, main event face in the, in the company. Um, and here's a, qu- a quick thing I want to point out. And this is a fact, by the way. And Cam's favorite guy, Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes has wrestled the same number of matches since coming back to WWE in April as he had in the 13 months prior in AEW. That's a lot. His work That's ethic cool. is there. Is <clears throat> a, a thing for him? It's, you know, we don't know. It's That's Cody's mind. But 
Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't like the fact that if Brock Lesnar couldn't beat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, Cody Rhodes somehow does. I mean, because, because they're they're pushing him in terms of like, like Brock Lesnar is a beast. He's a monster. He's a force. Correct. But but Cody Rhodes is being positioned as as the guy who has that extra motor, that extra gear. Um, I would say like they're probably going to push him with more technical prowess, you know, in a, in a wrestling match, even though they don't, they don't use the word wrestling, but they will basically say technically um, he's more sound and they all, and Jared Styles make fights. Right. And so when you're going to have Roman versus Brock, you're going to have a slug fest. And when you have a Roman versus Cody, it's going to be a different type of match. Um, and they've shown with like Kevin Owens that, that Roman Reigns can be pushed to the limit and then something has to happen with outside interference to get him that win. So they'll make an out, you know what I mean? They'll make an out for Roman uh, whenever the time comes, but it will be enough that Cody perseveres. They're going to show that natural underdog story, that Rocky Balboa situation, uh, the man with the boyhood dream, you know, nothing gets in the way of family. So when a man is on a quest to do something for his father, there's nothing more powerful for, than that in storytelling. So you got you got to suspend disbelief, my brother. All right. Yeah, I I, I totally get that. And and by the way, Cody Rhodes has pinned Roman Reigns before back in 2013. And they'll probably bring it up. They'll probably bring it up. It was that match with Cody and and. Dustin facing off against the Shield for their jobs. Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorite matches of that year. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like your route, Keith, with The Rock, uh, but I don't want him to go over on Roman, obviously. But there's a really good way to do that that I want WWE to do. Talk and to it's us. it's Please gotta explain. be. Um, all right, I don't know the scheduling of this. I mean, obviously, Mania is going to be in April, so we have a while. What are the big of the big four, what's left to happen before Mania? So we have SummerSlam coming up. So the up. Rumble, the Rumble happens before Mania, right? Yep. Yes. And, okay. And Survivor Series too. So Survivor Series and the Rumble. I think it would need to happen around the Rumble. And Cody, I don't think you could give him the money in the briefcase and make him hold it until the Rumble. Maybe you could. I don't know. Or I, like. I, I, I think Cody, they can because they've done like, that, you know. Like Cody wins the Rumble, right? And the way they're positioning Kobe, Kobe, who? Cody. The way they're positioning Cody, I don't think this would be too far outside the the box. Cody wins the Money in the Bank, and he he chooses Roman, but he wants to face Roman, and he wants to face Roman straight up. So he cashes in Money in the Bank, but for the Rumble. I'm letting everybody know right now it's not going to be a surprise attack. I'm going to, I've got you. Like, I've got your number. We're wrestling at the Rumble. So you do your lead up to that. The uh, bloodline goes crazy, right? All this kind of stuff, hoo ha and the what and the what and all that other stuff. Leading up into the Rumble, the bloodline gets way too big for their britches. It's Roman Cody. The Rock runs in. Cody wins, and that sends the Rock and Roman to Mania because the Rock has to come back and humble the little homie because he's doing bad things for the bloodline. And then you get the Rocks, like the old, the old school Samoan guys, come with the Rock, and they don't got a wrestler or anything, but you they can show up. And then, then it's basically just like a carousel of like, hey, 
just remember how crazy famous this family is. Boom, 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 boom. And that's your lead up into the, into the mania. And then it's the rock trying to humble the little homie at mania. So you're saying take the title completely out, right? Take the title out of the question. Cause the title doesn't need to be there because rock, Rock Roman is bigger than a title, right? right. I, yes. Listen, I don't. It just is like there's literally no yeah. other way around it. Cena and Rock was the same way, so exactly. And the, so only, if, the only reason they threw the title in there is because they needed something different from the first one. Yes, right. Yeah. So you take the title completely out of the question. Bloodline goes crazy. Rock shows up at the Rumble, gets a massive pop, helps Cody win over his cousin, and then boom! All you have to do is set up two and a half weeks two and a half weeks, two and a half months or whatever that, that number is to mania. It would be perfect for the rock because it would fit his schedule. Cause instead of having to free up eight months, he's got to free up six weeks or whatever that looks like eight weeks, 10 weeks, which he can do. And I think that's a good way to go. And I think a, a rock running, I think would be great. And then boom, you're off to it. And then Roman pins rocket mania and the bloodlines back and we're off and running again. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I, I really do. Uh, Hire we're gonna, me. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to get Cam a job uh, at WWE. Hopefully make it better um, and point out that Cody did, in fact, end racism for everybody. He did. Uh, Cody Luther King has ended racism multiple times. Cody Luther King. Uh, there you go. Well, guys, this has been a great episode of Mixed Tag. I'm so happy to be back with you all, the tag gang, everybody listening. Back with Keith and, yes, back with Cam Manning, who does apparently random run-ins now in the show. Uh, we'll see where that goes in the next hundred or so episodes. But um, tagging, thank you so much for having me back. It's been a pleasure. I, I just can't wait to see where this show goes even further than it already has. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. You know, Keith's always on the Twitter. Even when I was gone, the dude was always posting on Twitter. And you can follow Cam too. Cam, what's your, what's your Twitter handle again? It is at CM says stuff. There you go. And he does. He says quite a bit. Uh, tagging, thank you so much. This has been another episode of Mixed Tag from the Floridian villain Cam Manning and the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time, three-time, three-time Indian Leg Wrestling champion Keith White. I'm the cowboy Jared Watson saying so long. We are out.